It's like they kind of wanted to tease us with the incest without actually going through with it. It's just like he could have been the kid, but he's not. It's a family show. It's a family show. That's what I keep hearing. Hey guys, welcome back to Merlisten, a bi-weekly podcast about BBC's Merlin, where we talk about the show, the ships, the fandom, and the characters. I'm Miss Snowfox. And I'm Amortestic. And today we have another shipping episode for you. It's been a very long time since the last one. Shipping is one of my favourite parts of the show, and I know it's one of your guys' favourite too. And luckily, we're not big experts on this <laughs> ship that we're talking about today, which is... Luckily, we're not big experts... <laughs> When, well, luckily, because we will be very silent, probably, <laughs> more silent uh, than our two lovely guests, one of whom has been on Melissa before, and that's Lulu. Say hi. I'm really confused. What do you mean that there's other things in the show other than shipping? There are no other things. <laughs> no other okay. things. Lulu is right. <laughs> and we have a new guest, a brand new guest. They keep on coming. We have Super Calvin. Hello. Oh, so um, we're going to get into all of the lovely shipping feels and why we ship it, why we don't ship it, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, but before that, Momo has lots of things. Yeah, let's hear some news. Three reminders. First, the Merlin Touch Fest ends on August 31st so please get your entries in before it's too late. Second, Kinkalod, which is the recent Pony Summerfest, is in its third round. Make sure that you go vote for entries, read all the goodness, and cheerlead the participants. And third, after Kamlan Big Bang's writers will have to submit their final drafts today on August the 25th, and artists need to submit theirs on the 31st of August. And that has been it for news. Back to rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you just really love when I like that. You just <laughs> love when I say that, don't you? <laughs> so before we get into all of the Mergana goodness, we're going to have some talkbacks or a talkback, should I say? Uh, and this talkback comes from Ruby, who commented on our talkbacks episode. Funnily enough. <laughs> And they have this to say. I have to say that I agree with your opinion about Colin's performance at the end of All My Sons, Momo. I've been a long-time Colin fan and will rave to anyone about his talent, but the crying scene at the end was really so underwhelming to me. I was disappointed because everyone who had seen it in person was raving about it, and his crying scenes are one of the reasons I really love his acting, particularly with how emotional Merlin was allowed to be as a male character. He's just so damn good at crying his little heart out, but I felt nothing with the end scene of AMS, and I thought I was in the minority. However, I did feel a lot of emotions when he was crying while confronting his father. I couldn't believe how wet his face was. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. I think Momo has stuff to say. I mean, so this is technically a reply to reply, and we said we wouldn't respond to those, but I wanted to bring this up again. Because I think Ruby brought up a good point when she said that Colin actually is good at crying on stage or in front of a camera, which is why I was so baffled that he was 
so bad at the end of all my sons. So I have come up with a headcanon that would explain why he chose to cry so badly. So Colin's character, I forgot what his name was, but like Colin's character is like so shocked by his father's suicide that he couldn't cry. Like he has no way of reacting because he has all these conflicting feelings. I made this happen. It's my fault. And so on and so forth. But he knew that his mother kind of expected him to show a reaction. So he fake cried to show his mother that he cared. And that's why it sounds so awful and fake because the character is faking it. There you go. I see. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have an issue with it, so I'm like, there's nothing for me to add, uh, except for that I do also appreciate the emotion that Merlin is allowed to go through as a male character. Yeah. But I'm actually going to kind of save up my thoughts on that for when we get to Lady of the Lake, because I have a lot of meta for Lady of the Lake that I'm really excited to get into. <laughs> it's all good stuff. Like, like uh, it's, uh, it's uh, nothing negative, but it's something that I have kind of been really looking forward to discussing. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the other reason why I wanted to bring up Ruby's comment because of, you know, she pointed out that Merlin as a male character was allowed to be really emotional a lot of the times. And I do appreciate that as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, we will get into this more when you do all your lady of the lake meta. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> I love my Merlin meta. So that is all the talkbacks that we have this week for you guys. As always, we would not be doing these talkback segments if it wasn't for you lovely people commenting. And if you want to continue to do that and support the podcast, we would really, really appreciate it. And you can do so in the following ways. You can leave us a comment on the website. Guys, that is the only place where we actually react to talkbacks in this segment. And the website is melissa.paracadproductions.com or just type it into Google. However, if you just want to get into some discussions with us via the following platforms, you can do so. We are Melissa on Tumblr and Twitter. So you can come at us with your asks and your DMs and your retweets and reblogs and we'll discuss everything with you there. We have a Discord server, which you can find on our Tumblr or just ask Momo or myself, where we have lots of dedicated channels, one of them for episode reactions. And there's always some fun discussions going on in there. Or we have an email address where we will email you back if you would like to leave us some lengthy comments. And that is, let me see if I can remember it this time. I think it's Melissa, is it dot podcast yes. at gmail.com? There we go. So I've got that down. <laughs> And as always, guys, we are on iTunes. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, like I listen to all my podcasts, we would really appreciate it if you left us a review and a star rating because it just makes everything look better on the iTunes. So go ahead and do that. And now that we've got all that out of the way, we have a bit of an announcement for you guys. <laughs> um, a bit of a bittersweet one, but don't panic. Melissa is not ending. <laughs> not not right now anyway. <laughs> we have decided to change up our schedule a little bit. So where, as most of you will have realized, we post bi-weekly slash bi-monthly, however you prefer to say it, aka we post every two weeks at the moment. And it's our two-year anniversary coming up in September. It's in October. Is it in October? Yes. I don't know why I thought we put... Oh, we must have recorded the first one in mm -hmm. September. That was it. And then we posted it later. And truthfully, I think we've been very honest on the podcast about how much work this is. And 
I can only speak for myself. I'm sure, Momo, you will speak for yourself in just a moment that Sunday is my only day off in the week. I'm pretty sure I've said this already. And that doesn't look like it's going to change for the foreseeable future. And it's very difficult for us to try not only to schedule Merlison postings slash recordings slash editings around this schedule where I only have Sundays off and I would sometimes like to do other things as much as I adore Melissa and I would like to do other things too with my Sunday. However, it's also getting to the point now where I think we both are feeling a little bit of burnout or just very, very, it's very exhausting and there's a lot of work that goes into this. We've kind of upped our production value. I hope people have noticed, you know, Momo now adds in fun little sound effects uh, when the final edit is done. And we really go into a lot of detail now with our talkbacks and the recordings tend to now, they, they're rarely shorter than three hours, the raw file. And so it's a lot. And we decided rather than carry on the way that we are and eventually have to call it a day before our health basically runs out our health bars run out we've decided that we're going to be posting one episode every four weeks so sometimes that will be twice a month you lucky people uh, but most of the time it will be one episode a month depending on how the months pan out I mean I would like to hope that you guys will be supportive of this decision. I know that, you know, we would not be able to have the enthusiasm that we do for this podcast if it wasn't for you guys. I hope you'll be supportive of the decision. I know probably Momo also hopes that you'll be supportive of this decision, but I think we will be much more enthusiastic, enjoying of and excited about the podcast if we have a little time to breathe. <laughs> In the near future, I'll now let Momo speak. I'm sure that you've got stuff to say too. You've said most of it anyway. It's been, this is our 50th episode, our 50th Ooh. counted episode. That's so cool. The actual episode number, like the actual track number is a bit higher because some episodes are two-part episodes and then we had like the topic special that got no number whatsoever. But yeah, it's been, officially it's been 50 episodes as of this episode and nearly two years of providing content like two or three times a month, depending on, you know, how many, how many second Sundays there are in a month. <laughs> so, and sometimes weekly, depending yeah, on, you know, like exactly. We sometimes <laughs> we've been posting weekly for a month or five, six weeks in a row. And it really, as Rox has said, it has reached a point where it's honestly, as much as we enjoy doing it, mostly for your enjoyment dear listeners it's just a lot of work and we've mentioned this before we've talked about this before how much effort and time we put into this podcast and yeah we just we also have to take care of ourselves Rox has said it Sundays when she gets to do Merlison when we get to record Merlison and work on it that's her only day in the week that she actually has to herself you know so and for me, it is a little different. I do have more time during the week just because of my schedule, but it still is a lot of work. And we both have other interests and personal lives, <laughs> believe it or not. And we've both been noticing the strain it takes on these aspects of our lives to devote that much time to just this podcast. So 
we know that you listeners will understand and support this decision. Like we trust that you will understand and support this decision, even if it means that you get less content, which actually is not quite true because you get the same amount of content just stretched over large time periods. So you're not really, you know, it's not really a loss for you other than that you have an episode fewer to listen to in a month. But I'm sure that you all will understand why we did this and will support this decision and not like flee and never come back to this podcast <laughs> and sure protest. I'm sure that they won't. <laughs> and to be honest with you, Momo brought up something even though very interesting to me a couple of months ago when we were talking about this originally and coming up with this plan that maybe this will actually be good for you guys because we are aware that the episodes have gotten a lot longer than they were two years ago and maybe twice a month is actually too much for you guys to catch up on episodes so maybe now that we have just one episode a month you'll actually be able to maybe listen to them in real time rather than then have like a slew of content to catch up on and panic so maybe it will be a good thing for you guys too who knows exactly okay so uh moving on we have a new guest with us, like I mentioned at the beginning, Super Calvin, to talk all about Merlin and Morgana. And that means, oh yeah, it's time for fandom history. So in this section, Cal, we just kind of want you to talk to us about uh, how you got into the show, first of all, like how long ago it was and the, the circumstances under which it happened. And just to talk about yourself in fandom, just uh basically promote yourself what do you do uh or if you don't do anything are you a lurker where can we find you and all that kind of stuff super calvin is a lurker i've never heard that name before <laughs> so i'm i am super calvin on tumblr <laughs> and ao3 i mostly contribute to the fandom through fan fiction i write on ao3 and i've also written some short thicklets on tumblr but all those have been posted at AO3 by now. Uh, I used to do fan fiction recommendations, but uh, real life kind of got in the way the last couple of years, and I haven't done that in a while. But yeah, I mostly write Mercer fan fiction, but I've obviously delved into other ships because I'm here talking about Morgana. <laughs> um, uh, I got into Merlin actually in July 2012, so almost seven years ago now. Uh, it was uh, I think a few months before season five aired. So I was watching like up to season four. Uh, what happened was I was watching BBC America and they were doing reruns. Uh, they were doing like a Merlin marathon during the summer. And I watched a couple episodes, I think of season three. I think the first episode was Castle of Faerun. And I decided I liked it and I wanted to watch it from the beginning. So I kind of binge watched it. I had only been in a couple fandoms up until that point like star kid like really small fandoms and I didn't know a ton about fandom but I dove right in and I remember thinking I really liked that they made Queen Guinevere like the servant and they were gonna do a whole like class divide thing that I like so I was totally thought totally thought I was gonna be on the Arwen train uh but then I started watching it and uh I think I'll call them moments PM I started noticing between Merlin and Arthur and I think I thought the most famous last words any fangirl has ever thought which was hmm I wonder if any Merlin anyone shipped Merlin and Arthur I'll go check <laughs> I'll go check <laughs> and uh 
now seven years later I'm still writing Mercer <laughs> fan fiction, so I think that answers your question about yeah. <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I got started with Merlin. Amazing. Okay, so now that we know all about how you got into Merlin and all of that lovely stuff, let's um, actually talk about Merlin, or more specifically Merlin and Morgana, Mergana. The thing about that name, I feel like it's, I don't know, Mergana doesn't really, it's very hard to not kind of sound just like you're saying Morgana. So <laughs> I feel like maybe we'll just I mean, I'll probably just refer to them as Merlin and Morgana, even though it's more syllables, but um, whatever. Like, I'm sure that we'll, I'm sure we'll get around it somehow. Um, You're just not committed enough. I, to it. I mean, I thought it was clever. I love it. Like, I just am so happy to use it. Sometimes I was like, who came up with that? Because I wish it was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think it's I, than... I've never con more Lynn. Like, that sounds bad. <laughs> Morlin, yeah, Morlin. I think though there, I feel like there was a period of time where they were being referred to a bit as more more. Um, oh, I, I agree. I Maybe think there that was, was a time when that like a very a short thing. amount. Yeah, I think I think that name died in the same place that Arlen did. Which yeah, I mean, more more is also very confusing for anyone who ever watched Sherlock because more more was also a a Sherlock ship. God. So yeah, I'm very happy with Morgana, and I've never confused it with Morgana, because it's Morgana and Morgana. No, I think it's just, if you say it in a hurry, and depending on what accent you have, sometimes the E and the O don't necessarily sound too distinctive, but um, I think as we have Americans on on today, that won't, that won't be a problem. Um, I'll use my American accent for good. <laughs> Do you have another accent? <laughs> no. There you go then. So you'll use <laughs> the American accent. is gonna use the American accent. <laughs> so just their accent. Um, so the way that we usually do these shipping episodes is because we like to finish on a high. Uh, we talk first, kind of more about the negative aspects of the ship. Uh, but before we get into all of that, we want to find out from well, I guess from you guys more than us. Uh, how slash when did you start shipping? Mergana. Um, so do you, uh, seeing as you guys are the guests and probably ship it more than myself and Momo, go ahead and just let us know how you came to the ship. Episode one, right then and there. I first watched Merlin and I saw Merlin walking that hill with that red scarf. And this was like when I was really struggling with my sexuality. But then I saw him and I was like, he's definitely gay. And then when... <laughs> And then he's just—he's got that twink energy, then, doesn't he? I mean, he? you're not wrong. <laughs> and then he met—he met Arthur, and I was like, no, 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 I was kidding. I didn't mean it. I didn't fucking mean it. And I like shipped them right away. <laughs> and then later that episode, I saw Morgana, and I was like, wait, I shipped them too. And it was really because of Merlin that like I like really accepted that I'm bi. And I was like, well, I want <laughs> Merlin with both of them. And I was like, but Merlin and Morgana are both my type. And so I think that also kind of helped with me. Well, they're basically boy-girl versions of the same thing. Like, you know, like exactly. they're kind of one type, but the boy-and-girl version of it. So, yeah, it makes <laughs> sense that they're both your type. So episode one, then and there, I knew my ships. What about you, Cal? When did you start shipping it? I think it was more of a gradual thing for me. I don't think I saw, like, the first episode and was like, I need to ship these characters, mostly because I didn't really... I wasn't really into shipping at this moment, but uh, 
I think season one, season two, like totally free for all game as far as romance went. Like I think the creators kind of were like just doing anything because Gwen obviously had a crush on Merlin. Merlin kind of had a crush on Gwen, but also definitely had the hots for Morgana. And meanwhile, Arthur over there is definitely having the hots for his half sister. So it was kind of just a free for all. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Like, the first episode of season one, like, the pilot episode, every ship was possible. You could just ship everyone, and it worked. They could just be a nice, big, poly pile of happiness. It was amazing. We could have had it all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's really weird, because I... Maybe I would have started shipping Merlin and Morgana if I wasn't shipping Merlin and Gwen. And so I think, like, because I loved that and I really wanted Merlin to be into her I think even though I could obviously see that you know he had the hots for Morgana I wasn't really paying attention to the ship and I wouldn't like ever call myself a shipper like I've never actively wanted them to be together but it it's just a ship I've never paid attention to like I literally don't actively dislike it I like I think it's a really cool idea because obviously they look so good together and they do have that thing about them which we'll get into like with the likes and dislikes where they are they obviously have shared experiences of some kind but they're still so far apart in other ways so it really kind of works in the in that way but I will say that upon watching the show again for Merlison and just also watching it in my spare time and like with friends of mine that haven't seen it yet I definitely get it now like I don't ship it I would never call myself a shipper but I definitely understand like why people were shipping it and I can see what's there now and I do sometimes go oh that would have been interesting nope I know who I am I am a Merthyr shipper (laughs) I don't stray from the path but I think that like what it is with these two is what kind of probably would have prevented me from being an like an active shipper is just that it's not quite explicit enough for me in terms of what's going on there, but I'm going to save that for the actual analysis part. But yeah, I definitely appreciate the ship more as an idea now, but my favorite iteration of this ship as with the armor ship. And I've said it like for years now is I like the idea of the um, him Morgana and Arthur all being in like a kind of arrangement where like Mel and Arthur are kind of like, the primary kind of couple and then Arthur and Morgana are married and then like Merlin and Morgana are kind of like platonically together but not really romantically involved and they all kind of work and they're just like a badass team like that to me is kind of the perfect like relationship goals for this show like the three of them together would just destroy everyone (laughs) it would be awesome but yeah what about you Momo? I just I just said it First episode, yeah. first season, every ship was possible, and that was when I was uh-huh. like, I can, I can see this. Like, I'm like you. I never really, you know, actively shipped them, but they were always there in the background. And I was like, yeah, this. If this happens, I wouldn't be angry about it. Cool. So, in terms of you guys, where would you say that this ship kind of sits? If you had like, you know, to rank, like, would they be? I know, like, I think. Both of you said that they're not necessarily your OTP, but would they be like second or third? Like, what would you number like? Two. Number two, yeah. Number two without wow. a doubt. Uh, um, I don't know if I would. I don't have ranks. I would say it's up there, top five. 
Like five. You have five ships in Merlin. That's that's interesting. I think it's also because like I, I don't. Like... I'm so not picky about ships. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I also just don't actively seek out like fix about certain ships, except mm-hmm. like those two really. Right. Just give yeah. me like side relationships. <laughs> I don't necessarily read a lot of Morgana ships. Like uh, I. Definitely read a ton of Mercer, but like any other ships, I kind of just like don't read a ton for, but that doesn't mean I don't ship it. Oh, yeah, like I definitely feel you that. I mean, if I were only kind of calling the ships I shipped, you know, things that I liked because I read fic for them, then there'd be a lot less than there are. Like sometimes there just isn't fic, like, you know there's not a lot of fic for Merlin and Gwen for example and there never was which is why I kind of ended up (laughs) jumping to a different ship was part of the reason because there just wasn't anything um so yeah I definitely get that and I think there is a huge difference between ships that you are kind of passionately involved with and read for and watch fan vids and like track the tag and then there are ships that you ship and you enjoy them in canon and you actively ship them but for whatever reason you just can't consume a lot of media and for me that ship is Lancelot and Gwen because like there just isn't again there's just not enough material and I contribute a lot for them and I know other people do but they're a small ship so I kind of love them in the show and then like when it comes to fandom stuff or like fan and I'm like there there just isn't anything but I think Merlin and Morgana had a pretty good run um when the show was airing, but we'll talk about that when we get to the fandom part of the ship. Um, So when it comes to canon, then, what would we say that we maybe don't enjoy about the ship, just to get the negative stuff out of the way? And, you know, maybe things that you might have liked to have seen done differently that would have made the ship even better for you. Uh, Again, why don't you guys start seeing as uh, this is kind of your time to shine? Um, well, I guess I'll go. I definitely ship Merlin and Morgana in season one and two. And then after the whole season two finale kind of stuff happens, I think I kind of stop at season three just because I don't really like that love-hate thing that was probably what most shippers by that point were going for. Um I think season three is a lot of, like, if I had to put it into, like, fandom kind of words, is kind of the post-breakup period between Merlin and Morgana. If you're going to, like, ship it hardcore, they kind of act like bitter exes that have to be around each other because their friends are the same friends. (laughs) That's just kind of not my thing. I've never thought about it that way. That's really cool. Yeah, I agree. I've I've never considered that, but now that you've said it, I can totally see it. I think really the big thing that I, that like I think most people agree on is um him helping her with magic or like telling her. Mhm. Like that was really the turning point, in my opinion. I think that you would have liked to see. Uh... Like yeah, because I think that would have like. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have like stopped all of like you know Morgana derailing and everything, but it like definitely would have helped at least. I think that's right. the thing that, like, really, like, was the pivotal plot of the show, though. Like, without that, we wouldn't have had the rest of it. Yeah, true. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, I mean, 
Marlon knew about Morgana's magic, which I think is pretty important to like the relationship, bar romance or friendship or whatever. Like he, she knew that he knew about the magic and was okay with it, which I think is so important to their whole relationship. But like, if he had just like not listened to Gaius and Kildara and like helped her just a little bit more, who knows? I think that's where most of the fan fiction comes from is him helping her out and like them teaming up a bit. Well, I guess, you know, we, we kind of touched upon this in our nightmare begins episode, but maybe it's worth revisiting it here because it's such a crucial part of their relationship that I think people are really polarized on. I know I certainly sometimes feel in myself polarized, let alone like with other people. And I think for me, Merlin did the right thing in not telling Morgana anything, because in the end, what she proved, in my opinion, is that he couldn't trust her when it came down to it. Because when he put his neck on the line in the in all that he could which was send her somewhere where she could get help it was all he could do to help her at the time and she turned to him and said I understand now who I am and she's feeling at peace and he tells her whenever you need anything please come to me and he now knows the truth and she's fine with that the moment Morgo shows up and starts manipulating her she actually chooses her over her family and friends in Camelot even though she was fine with Merlin and Merlin was fine with her and she was the one that betrayed him not the other way around which I think sometimes people forget that Merlin actually did everything he could to help while still keeping himself safe and Morgana was the one that decided to go and meet with Morgos and to you know um, perhaps of course we don't know how much she knew about being a vessel or not but she still lied to Merlin about meeting more goes when he tries to confront her in the fires of Edith Sholas and he's like why didn't that night kill you and what's going on and she clearly knows something's up she clearly probably has an inkling it might be to do with more goes she's not stupid and so she lies to him and she lies to everyone and it's what nearly gets them killed so had he told her and the same thing would have still happened probably by the end of the show then come season three Merlin would have been dead because she would have already told Uther and it's just like, well, what like, what could he have done differently? Yeah, I actually totally agree with you on that. Like, I know on the last episode, and I think one of you mentioned this in a previous uh, podcast episode, that one uh, uh, Marlin's last line to Morgana is, I blame myself for what you've become. And I know, I think one of you guys mentioned that you totally hate that line. Uh, and I just wanted to, like bring that up because I think he does blame himself mm-hmm. for what she's become but that not necessarily Actually, I want to talk about that a little bit okay. because of I remember because uh when Momo had sent me like the script one of the things was a uh, favorite quote I for the life of me can't remember what episode this is from but I think it was Arthur and Merlin were talking about Morgana and how she turned evil and Merlin said uh there are people better placed to help Morgana yeah so I think that definitely ties into his last line like I think it definitely like that regret stuck with him like if that's like the thing that he just thinks casually talking about it and that instead of not just to her face I think you know he knew the whole time that there was something more he always could have done and he just 
chose not to. He chose to take the safe route for himself. Just because I think Merlin does think it's his fault that Morgana, like, trusted Morgos and didn't feel like she had anybody to turn to. Right. But that doesn't make it true. I think it wasn't his fault. He thinks it's his fault, which is the tragedy behind that. But uh, I think if Morgana had a choice and she chose to you know, turn her back on people who cared about her because Merlin had, by that point, shown that he didn't care she had magic and, like, she decided to go against him. So he thinks it's his fault, but it's not necessarily true. I was going to say the same thing, yeah, which is that they they did a really good job in portraying that tragedy, I think, of just the the tragedy of Morgana's character in general is is just miscommunication or she's just talking to the wrong people because it's not necessarily Morgana's fault what happens to her. You know, we can't blame her for it either. It's probably Morgoza's fault, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but the truth is, is that she is clearly still feeling vulnerable by the end of season two. And I guess you know, it begs the question why she doesn't go to Merlin when she feels comfortable sharing her vulnerabilities with him earlier in the season. And that could just be bad writing. You know, they were clearly in a hurry to uh, get her to become more evil. But I think that it's very, it's very true what you're saying, that there is that disconnect between what Merlin believes and what's actually true. And I guess that's a very human emotion that we often blame ourselves for things that we actually didn't have any hand in making come true and I guess you know but I think that it's tricky when the show beats you over the head so much with the Merlin was to blame for Morgana rather than portraying it as he wrongly believes this it kind of lets you believe that that's really what happened (laughs) especially with his last words being I blame myself for what you've become like no one really is in a hurry to like go against what he's what he's saying which i think is the only thing i find frustrating is no you know i don't think gaius at one point even says it wasn't okay well maybe he does but he doesn't do much like he he doesn't make much of an effort to kind of be like it wasn't your fault what happened like you're not to blame you did everything that you could it just feels like merlin really is kind of left to blame himself completely throughout the entire show which i just think if they really wanted him to be at fault, they should have really just made him at fault for something. You know, um, I don't know how you could do that because you'd have to make him pretty evil. <laughs> but like, it's, yeah, I just find that is the only thing that I find a bit frustrating that their whole, as you put it, uh, breakup, as it were, is hinged on something that is just kind of a bit of a miscommunication and it works sort of but it also relies upon what goes manipulating Morgana in the year that she's out yeah I think the thing is that it's like a big focus about Merlin and his regret because it's like uh you know all the people that he couldn't save and out of everyone you know there's people that like he had to die there are people that you know, he's had to he's had to kill. And I think that's like a lot of guilt has obviously built up over the years. But a lot of the people that like have died and everything or a lot of the, you know, things that he regret, they're things that just happened over a day, a week, 
maybe a month. It's something that's like progressed over years. And this is a regret that's been building over time. And that can sort of really eat at a person. And then the fact that, you know, he has to live the rest of forever remembering that and living with that guilt. I think that's really the whole thing of it. Of Maybe like, you know, it's not his fault, but he's going to still forever think, you know, what could I have done? What could anyone else have done? And he's got to live with that. I think that's really the big thing. At least that's what I take away from it. Because like when I look into fix about reincarnation or, uh, you know, them meeting later on in life, I read about like, it's, I look for the really dark fix with like all the regret and all the intensity and all that shit. And I, yeah, I don't know. I have issues. I really like the dark shit. But yeah, I think. Oh no, I get it. (laughs) I mean, no, Morgana is definitely a ship about angst. Like you can't, ship Morgana and have it be all cutesy <laughs> I mean you can but you used to be able to fun. I remember the days I remember before season 3 came out and like <laughs> it was it was it was just a ship like any other it wasn't until later that you got all the really angsty vidas coming out with their heavy metal songs and like god knows <laughs> yeah like it's hard, like god you, you'd be hard pressed to find a nice fluffy morgana vid these days um Mimo, you were gonna say something just now oh yeah i was just gonna say that my only note for this section is that the writers in the beginning at least didn't really know what they wanted to do with this pairing and it shows like in i've said it already in in the pilot episode like all the ships are possible you have these cute little moments between merlin and morgana where you know she thinks he's gwen and then he's like awestruck by how beautiful she is and all of that so you have that and then you have other moments throughout season one not many but i think there are probably one or two where you're like okay maybe there could be something there and then you have season two nightmare begins you know where the entire episode is sort of about them and their dynamic and their friendship and the trust they put into each other and then after that it just it just falls away kind of until the end when merlin mistrusts morgana and then season three is just a big clusterfuck and i just really wish the writers would have had made their mind up before season three what they wanted their relationship to be like yeah I you mean... know i would i really wish they had had a romantic relationship, some kind of entanglement, even if it couldn't have been because of class difference or whatever. You know, give give the things that Arthur said in Nightmare Begins, like at the end, when he's like, it could never be, it could never be between you two because she's my father's ward and you're just a servant or whatever it is he says. You know, I really wish there had actually been something there for Arthur to warn them about, you know. Because that would have actually given it more credibility. This has been my complaint from the beginning with these two, because I really don't know if you can even call Merlin and Morgana a canon pairing, which really frustrates me, because with all of the other ships in the show, you really do have a clear-cut answer. Mirtha is definitely fanon. Arwen is canon, Merlin and Gwen in the iteration that we have in season one is canon in the form that Gwen has a crush on Merlin. Arthur and Morgana uh, were set up, if not, like, even if no payoff was there, but the setup was there. You know, Merlin and Freya is clearly canon, you know, 
uh, all of the ships have an answer, yes or no, but not this one. And I wonder if the reason why it gets messy for me, and, you know, this kind of gets into some sociology shit right now, but, you know, we, you know, can, okay, I say, like, I'm using the royal we, not not we in fandom, because we will ship everything, but the audience will look at Melan Arthur and go, oh, well, that's not a ship, like, that's not a romantic thing, because they're two boys, and they won't see what the possibilities are, because we're taught not to see it, um, whereas, and they have a lot more romantic undertones in my opinion than Merlin and Morgana and yet you know people will be like they're just two dudes like they're bros you know um Merlin and Morgana obviously are boy girl and I think that perhaps there is no romance there there certainly isn't necessarily one written but we question it and we're like hang on is there supposed to be one that like that is always what I keep asking myself did the writers want them to be romantic or did they want them to have this connection that was about being more like kin like we're alike we get each other and I'm just reading it as romantic because I'm like well of course it has to be because they're boy girl but does it and I think that's where it kind of gets tangled sometimes from a shipping perspective is like I don't know what they wanted us to feel for this apart from the fact that in the first episode merlin does a double take and is like she's gorgeous but he does that with lady katrina does that mean that's now a canon ship you know like that's obviously not the case so what do you guys think do you think that that plays a part in it and in the confusion like if merlin was a woman or if morgana was a dude would we be sitting here saying well what did the writers want with this ship oh no they're just friends um look can i pop in just please Please, yeah. anyone. <laughs> uh, well, I think as far as, like, canon goes, I don't think it was a canon ship in the sense that I don't think there was ever, like, mutual both like e- liked each other. Mm-hmm. I definitely think there was romantic coding between Merlin liking Morgana. I think he definitely saw her as somebody he would have liked to be with but never acted on. And I think she sees him as like a really good friend and like a companion, but I don't think necessarily she ever liked him back the same way he liked her. And uh, I think in the audio commentary for the beginning of the end, I think it is, it's the one yeah, where Morgana yeah, takes uh, Mordred in to her chambers and taking care, and they're all taking care of him. And there's a scene where there's more. Uh, Morgana and Merlin are talking to each other and an audio commentary Julian says that like uh they had to reshoot that scene a couple of times because Katie and Colin were making that scene really romantic and I can understand that because both Katie and Colin can have romance with a rock and I would believe it um (laughs) especially Katie McGraw she's like perfect um but uh yeah I think Maybe there was some things that the actors put in that wasn't necessarily part of the script, but also I think Merlin definitely, like, there's some scenes where he's, like, he likes her. She doesn't necessarily return the feelings, but he definitely romantically likes her. And maybe you're right, it is the fact that they are a man and a woman instead of, like, two girls or two guys. I get that, but I feel like there was definitely some hints there mm-hmm what do what do the rest of you think because i'm just really curious personally because i think to all of the dialogue that we have between 
you know, Merlin and other characters, for example. Like when he's talking to Kilgara, he says, you know, she's not a witch, she's my friend, she's my friend. It's very much, it feels as though Merlin is trying to connect to her because, like, trying to connect to her even more after he finds out that she's got some kind of magical disposition or something that's not of the ordinary like when he finds out that she's getting the dreams and i again i don't know if that's a part of it that he that we're kind of reading into him calling out for something that feels familiar to him as something that could be romantic and i completely understand what you're saying that he's he does definitely have that kind of lost puppy look sometimes (laughs) when he's around her and everything um but ironically, I actually find um, I do feel interest from Morgana's side more so when she's very vulnerable. And I think that that is definite like that definitely feels in character for her, for me personally, because I think that she. I think especially in season two with with everything that she's struggling with, she she reads to me as someone that needs a helping hand or someone that uh, is looking for some kind of stability and because Merlin I think feels very kind of stable or so she thinks in The Nightmare Begins I definitely feel more from her end actually this kind of sense of unspoken something Merlin's kind of more the sure one the one that kind of knows what he's doing he's the one initiating a lot of things there showing up at her room more than once and she's the one that feels a bit more kind of delicate and like there are things she perhaps wants to say but isn't saying but again it's so ambiguous I mean it's kind of nice that it's ambiguous but it you know for people that like clear-cut answers like me it's very (laughs) annoying well I think it's um ambiguous for a reason I think maybe in canon they weren't uh like ever supposed to get together and that's kind of the whole season three tragedy it's like it's something that could have been right and it's not happening because i don't know random example he poisoned her she doesn't trust him (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i i can see where there was like potential there and like it just never happened and that's where you know fandom jumps in and they're like but what if yeah for sure I definitely uh, I mean you know because we're still in the negative side I have to say I hate their dynamic post season two I really like actively dislike it I found myself just thoroughly bored borderline irritated whenever they had a plot line that revolved around one another or a scene together because it felt like it was the same script over and over again why are you doing this get out of my way well you should trust us yeah but you poisoned me and just a lot of smirking and a lot of it it just felt incredibly forced and really yeah just dull like I just found it a very dull form of storytelling it doesn't help that season three Morgana was just so smirky (laughs) so smirky but I know a lot of fans that really felt that kind of like hate thing and they really liked it i didn't but um, i mean i'm not a massive fan of the kind of hate trope anyway but if i'm gonna like it it's probably gonna be with a ship that already dislikes one another like more of a hate to love not love to hate i've never really shipped a love to hate like i don't really get the point of of those but i definitely love a bit of hate to love but this really wasn't like that 
Yeah, it's just, I think with Merlin, with the love to hate thing, it's great because then in fanfic you can turn it back to love. You can make it love to hate to love. Yeah. Basically. And that is almost as good. Uh, like for me, for example, I can definitely see the appeal because one of my favorite tropes is getting back together. Yeah, that's true. Uh, stuff. So if you had a love to hate storyline like Merlin and Morgana's on the show and you were treating it like Cal said as them breaking up at the end of season two, well, being broken up because Merlin did try to poison her and then she disappeared for a year, so you would assume that they have broken up. <laughs> and then she comes back and then, you know, they, she's she's very angry with him, obviously, and doesn't trust him anymore, obviously. And he doesn't trust her because of that. And then it's just, it's such a good angsty thing to work through and get them back together in the end. So I can totally see the appeal in that. I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, the love-hate aspect of the relationship, we got to talk about the spicy coffee. Because that's, like, what else... <laughs> Cal, do you are you also afraid to say sex in your own house? <laughs> Sorry, I just thought it would be funny. <laughs> You're just dizzing rocks, and I'm living I'm just, for it. I'm just kind of in love with the fact that this is becoming a thing. Like everyone that's coming on now, like I, I'm telling you, Momo. Once, once the need for this metaphor goes, I'm gonna have to keep at it because clearly it's what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say. And clearly, you're the person who always cares about what the people want. I mean, you know, I'm just out there doing the Lord's work. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I mean, what? All right, I... getting getting back to the spicy sex yeah. that you were talking about. I Cal. think I don't personally ship it past season three because of everything you guys just said. Uh, I'm not into the whole like hate each other, have sex scenes. That's not my kind of thing. But I can definitely see that, as I, I will speak for people who, like, aren't on this podcast right now, there are people who absolutely adore the fact that Merlin and Morgana hate each other, and then they have, they drink spicy coffee together. <laughs> right. So, uh, I, it's, it's definitely a thing. It's not my thing, but it's something to be brought up, because it's definitely a thing. Right. Yeah. I will say that hate sex also isn't my thing. Like, I am into the getting back together thing, but I don't want hate sex in between. Like, when they get to, like, they should get back together and be like, yes, I've always loved you. I was just confused. I'm sorry for what I did to you. And then they can have, you know, sweet, sweet makeup it sex. It might just be that there wasn't enough buildup for me personally. And that could be another reason why I don't really get the love to hate thing, because... I mean, I've now watched pretty much all of the key Morgana episodes for Merlissen, so that means watching them very closely. And that is, eh, I don't think you could maybe call Mark of Nimue one of them, but certainly uh, the beginning of the end, uh, To Kill the King, and The Nightmare Begins. Those are the three that we have, and they're really the only three that we have. And to be quite honest with you, it's difficult for me to kind of sit here and be like, oh, I definitely feel like there's a connection there because in the night, um, in the beginning of the end, there she's really only just kind of 
acknowledging Merlin's existence properly as a human being. Like they've kind of had interactions before this, like in the Mark of Nimue and stuff, where she's found him kind of a bit cutesy and adorable. But this is the first time they're actually connecting as two people, not just, you know, two people of a different class, but actual human beings where they feel they can trust one another after that. And then she goes to help him in the moment of truth. But I mean, their interactions in that are so like negligible that I'm just like, I barely would even consider that a moment in to kill the King. He's nothing but suspicious of her and just disappointed. And then the only real time, I feel like we really get to see the potential, which is the word we always use on this podcast in the ship is (laughs) in the nightmare begins where even I will admit that there are times when I'm like, there are quite romantically coded moments here that I actually feel like I could buy into if we had more of them, but we didn't. And so it kind of, like you said, Momo cuts off after the nightmare begins and we have nothing else until the fires of Edith show less. And, you know, I do still feel that pain when Kilgara says the, the source of the, Sleeping spell is the witch, the Lady Morgana, and Merlin's just kind of slow, sleepy, bleary-eyed realization that he's right and the pain that that causes him. But it again, it's just not enough. They kind of they got the Arwen treatment, but without being an A couple, so it wasn't quite as a big deal or annoying. <laughs> they just got forgotten about. But again, maybe that's because they were never meant to be a couple in the first place. So, you know the writers never really wanted us to get invested in them in a romantic way because they were just like, yeah, like, no, they're just going to be like the villain and hero thing. Like, don't get too excited about this happening. Yeah. That's, that's sort of the sense I'm getting that. I mean, they did sort of hint at all kinds of things in the pilot episode, but other than that, I mean, I do see moments between them, I guess, but that's because I always kind of have my shipping goggles on. So, like, any interaction, I'm like, yeah, I could see why people ship this. I I could ship it with that. Like, if I like the characters, I'd be like, alright, I'm, I'm okay to ship this, basically. But, yeah, I guess that is just me being a fan and just having the shipping goggles on maybe i if i were a normal person who has a normal amount of interest in tv shows <laughs> that don't go beyond watching an episode once per week you know i wouldn't read anything into their interactions or like you said rocks earlier we only read into their interactions because they are a potential straight couple tm yeah you know it's There are so many question marks around this. Like, is it a ship because there is actual chemistry there? Or is it a ship because that is what decades of media consumption have conditioned us to see? Well, I mean, let's make it, you know, let's make one thing very clear. You know, a ship can always be a ship. The question is whether a ship is canon or a ship is fanon. Now, sometimes the lines are very blurred, but... Exactly, but that is the question that we sort of have to answer at the very least for ourselves in order to decide whether we can accept that maybe the writers didn't actually mean for them to be something and 
therefore there is no no grounds for us to be disappointed that nothing happened yeah. with them as a romantic couple because the writers never intended them intended them to be a romantic couple or do we decide that no clearly they did have these moments that were coded this way so the writers have let us down because they didn't follow through in some way yeah so the this is the one ship that I've ever come across that has stumped me. However, I will try to make a case for this being a Fanon ship, simply because if you look at the track record that this show has had with other ships, they are very much in your face in one way or another. We always know what the score is. And, you know, Merlin is our protagonist and he doesn't speak about Morgana in any romantic way to anyone else in his life, even Gaius. We've seen what he's like under romantic interest, and that is with Freya. And we see him very differently there to what we see him like with Morgana. And I think that if there had been genuine interest of feelings that he wanted to be reciprocated he would have gone to someone and it would have been a plot point because that's just what the writers do. They they don't want their romance to be subtle. That being said, if for some reason they wanted it to be such a deep thing that he does just keep it to himself, they did a really good job of it and I would definitely buy it. Like that, this kind of secret everyday thing that he carries around with him. But I think if you want the answer, you have to look at, okay, what would they have done with this had it been Arthur and Gwen? What would they have done with this had it been Lancelot and Gwen? What would they have done with it had it been Merlin and Freya? And the answer is, is they would have made it more obvious. Yeah, I think I have to say, like, like just, like, setting aside what the intentions of were of the creators, I think there was definitely hints of Merlin liking Morgana, but I have to agree with you in the fact that I think the ship itself is probably Fanon, just because you're right, there isn't a ton between them in the show, but besides what I would call like hints that he definitely is interested in her. But I I can't say that there was definitely intention there. Like I said before in the audio commentaries, I don't think the creators really wanted them to play it up and then it just happened and that yeah. happens sometimes the script is written a certain way and it doesn't matter that in the end result there was something else in, that came out and yeah I think that's kind of what happened here they never really intended for Merlin and Morgana to be a thing but then it just kind of like the chemistry between the two characters just came out and it, there was obviously some tension there. I mean, in season three, that tension's different. But like in season one and season two, I think there's some little hard eyes going on with Merlin looking at Morgana and Morgana looking for a companion and finally having somebody to say, I have magic too, Merlin. Yeah. And there's That's something just... there, but not yeah. canon. Um, but does mean... that kind of segue us into what we like about the ship, perhaps? Yeah, definitely. Um, so why don't you go first, Cal? Uh, again, uh, we're just gonna let you take the rain. No, let 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 me go uh -huh. first because I have only two notes. <laughs> yes, my go first, ahead. My, my first one is in all caps. It's the potential. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the same thing that we bemoan 
and and don't like is that the potential didn't go anywhere. Also, there is so much potential, and that is kind of what makes it interesting, and like all the different ways you can go with this ship. And also, what I like about it is just think about how stunning their babies would be. Oh, just just think about Irish that for babies. a moment. <laughs> just think about these beautiful Irish, dark-haired babies. I mean, maybe not that dark-haired because Katie is a natural blonde, but just Morgana and Merlin, like, beautiful, dark-haired, pale-skinned, powerful babies. <laughs> Basically Mordred, so. <laughs> anyway, now, Cal, what what do you like about <laughs> Well, I think in season one and season two, the biggest kind of draw for me was definitely, like, the forbidden love aspect of it. Like, he's a servant, she's the king's ward, like... I definitely go all in for Forbidden Love. Like, any ship I have, I want that in there. Uh, and then, like, that kind of delves also into the whole secret relationship part of it, too. Like, they have Forbidden Love, and then they're sneaking around, and, like, all that kind of trophy stuff I'm definitely into. So I know that's not canon stuff, but that's something that I like about the ship. Yeah. I think the... Tr- <laughs> If I was going to ship one of the two, like Arthur and Gwen and Merlin and Morgana, it would definitely be Merlin and Morgana. I think that I feel like I have a bit more of a soft spot for the servant, like lower class, upper class dynamic if the lower class is the boy and the upper class is the girl, because I feel like it, and I don't know if this is like a subconscious thing, but it feels like a slight more balance in power because like it's usually obviously a a period piece because most people don't have servants now um but it would be you know the the boy being of a lower like economical class but has more power in the sense of he's got the privilege of being male but then the woman has more like uh, privilege in terms of having money and position but is like a girl so it kind of feels like they're on more equal playing fields like both lacking some like both lacking something that they need to truly feel equal in the world which I quite like whereas when you've got like a boy girl where like with Arthur and Gwen where where the girl is the servant then it it is quite a big power imbalance like not that that's an issue when it's done well like I don't like I'm I'm almost certain I definitely have a ship where there's a boy girl um pairing where the girl is the one of the lower class i'm sure them that i must do somewhere in my in my in my library um but i you know i only have to look to titanic to you know show you how i feel about the opposite being true which is that i love it um but i i'm yeah. just i'm just uh sorry i've been sort of binge watching the crown these last couple of oh, days yeah. and now that i think about it morgana is such a princess margaret yeah. honestly like not not really falling in line, outshining her, you know, sibling <laughs> that she didn't know she had, even though he was there right under her nose. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing, wanting to be with a commoner, but being forbidden by the crown to be with her one true love, and that basically breaking her. It's all very tragic. Yeah. And I, I wonder if anyone wrote a fic like that in which Morgana is basically... Princess Margaret doomed to be unhappy forever. Oh, gosh. Poor Margaret. <laughs> oh, no. 
It's just tragic. It's just tragic, okay? <laughs> I have, like, a relationship dynamic for most of the ships on the show. Like, I always say that Merlin and Arthur are the um, back and forth, like, miscommunication. Everyone around them is just pulling their hair out. Arthur and Morgana are the married couple that throw plates at each other and they crash against the wall of their neighbor's house. Like, Morgana and Gwen are the... One is scary, the other one's cute, but they're kind of adorable and lovely and Lancelot and Gwen are like your neighbors that bring you pie like on a Sunday when you move into the neighborhood and I can't and like I don't have anything for these two and so I don't know if that's just because I haven't seen enough of them like like I said when they're being nice to one another they have so few scenes together but I wish I had more so I could come up with like an image of what they'd be like um like I'm trying to, and also because I think Morgana is so sad for a lot of the scenes that they have, it's difficult for me to imagine what they'd be like in a good mood, you know, like they only have scenes together when something dramatic is going down, which is kind of annoying. But um, what do you guys think they'd be like, I guess, kind of in a couple sense, like what, like what kind of dynamic would they have? Well, to kind of bounce back to the whole like he's a servant and that makes him a little more like lower than her which is not typical for the man-woman relationship like I think Merlin kind of acts as kind of a comforter to her like he like comes to her when she needs like some comfort and then like that would develop further like I think um he is ah, I'm trying to I don't know. Like, I don't know what a good analysis is for, like, what kind of couple they would be. Like, you know, like the people who bring you pie or the people who argue all the time. I think actually what you're saying makes me think that perhaps uh, this is going to sound mean, but I just know couples like this. Um, Like, they'd be the kind of couple where one of them just gets really worried about everything and, like, instead of going out with their friends, they have to stay in and, like, one has to comfort the other. <laughs> like, that would probably happen to them. <laughs> like, Merlin well, would... Yeah. Yeah, I have... I, I can see that happening, but I would also have to say, like, I think they're the kind of couple that would be them against the world. Like, they both mm-hmm. have issues, and I think if Merlin ever opened up to Morgana she would be there for him because he obviously also has times when he's really struggling. And I like mm-hmm. that about his character. Yeah. And I think that they're kind of like, they'll support each other up because they're both, you know, like going through hard times and sad, but also pretty powerful people like Merlin's a servant and everything. But if he were to open up to Morgana, she would know that he's not, you know, just the serving boy yeah. to quote the show. And that's also really interesting to me as a from a couple perspective, not only uh, like from just like a character perspective that mm-hmm. he would seem like not intimidating. And then but he actually very much is. Yeah, like oh, no, I like that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I think building <laughs> on that, what I find interesting, actually, is because and and I'm really only drawing off of the nightmare begins here because again that's really the only one in my opinion where we really do see a huge amount of them interacting a lot 
um, is that when you first kind of come across them and Merlin's this like bumbling country boy and Morgana's this lady and their first interactions in the pilot are him just kind of stumbling around and, <laughs> you know, undressing and hair and eyes and everything. And then, you know, his jaw dropping when she comes into the um, ballroom in her red dress. And I guess the expectation is, is that she would kind of be that like um, uh, kind of confident, like sort of girlfriend who would like have him wrapped around her little finger and like would just have to like snap her fingers and he'd be up doing everything for her and all that kind of stuff and actually what ends up happening in their dynamic it kind of subverts it where he's kind of got all the power in a way when it comes to the nightmare begins she's like I said before very vulnerable kind of and I don't mean this word in the sense like of trying to put her character down I mean it in the kind of literal sense but she's a very pathetic character in those moments in the nightmare begins where she is extremely kind of weak emotionally physically she looks weak she is weakened significantly and he is like you guys said this um uh support pillar for her in a way that feels like it shouldn't work bearing in mind their first interactions and yet it does and I can absolutely imagine her being the kind of character and I know this is kind of going into fan and stuff but like in a modern AU who would maybe have anxiety or something and would need to come to him for comfort and him being kind of the strong pillar whereas in the beginning it didn't seem like that would be possible so I kind of like that subversion in that episode at least. I think if done right they could be like the introspective power couple like if someone had a problem Merlin be like well you know this is going on but you could do this and Mar Morgana would be like great we're gonna do it now and like help that like you know because Morgana is more the person of like like she always yells at Uther because of things for that she sees are wrong so if like someone had a problem then you know Merlin would be like well here's the advice to give and then Morgana would be like we're gonna do that I think they could like be the type of couple that like other than that, like together, I think it would be sort of that they're both very powerful, but mm -hmm. like it's they, they just get shit done. But like it's more that Merlin's like powerful more behind the scenes, and he like lets Morgana be like the right. one in front, and like yeah. that's how people see it that they're like Merlin is more approachable, but like they know ultimately like together they're both really strong, mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. together they could they could definitely rule the world together. But I think it's like sort of a dynamic of like you know like. It, they said like light and dark and like I think with a lot of couples you kind of need that instead of like two optimists together is great and then two pessimists together not that great but if you like mix them together you can really get like you know some interesting perspectives on things yeah, yeah. to also add on to what you were saying earlier it's like I think Merlin could be her support but also Merlin definitely is not always so put together and solid on his own I think nope <laughs> <laughs> I think you know when he's having trouble and like bouts of depression due to whatever is happening in his life I think Morgana would be there for him because when you know those two like friends who are you know they each have issues but when one's having trouble the other one's going to put a aside their issues and say I'm here for you I'm going to do what you need because you need me right now like, I think that's kind of where they are. They're like a team against the world put together that they could support each other through hard times. 
Yeah, and I what I also like, and I just kind of was thinking about it now to try and put it into words, is I actually am not... I find it very difficult to ship couples that have been around each other for a long time and then all of a sudden just kind of realize they like one another, but that never really feels authentic to me because I just... I've never seen that happen in real life like where people for a long time have known of other people's existence like in quite close quarters and then one day they're just like oh I had no feelings for you up until this moment however now everything is different and that's why I sometimes find Monica and Chandler a bit challenging like I still like their dynamic but I'm just just about to reference that yeah I was like you you've known each other your whole like all this time uh, okay fine 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 <laughs> like the reason why I mentioned that trope and why it doesn't always work for me is because what I appreciate with that trope is when writers find a realistic way to make me believe that these two people could have kind of gone by each other all this time and not necessarily seen anything and in the case of Arthur and Gwen I'm sorry, but it doesn't work for me because, like I said, they've been going past each other in one way or another all of their lives because they've lived in Camelot and have known each other longer than Merlin and Morgana. But Merlin and Morgana haven't really, you know, had much to do with one another until the beginning of the end. And then it's that moment where she says, you know, what if magic isn't something you choose? What if it chooses you? And Merlin sees her in a different light. Like, sometimes it works. And in this instance, for me, it worked that, like, Merlin doesn't, notice Morgana in the way that you know kind of of like a deep way you know he notices her in a shallow way I mean we all do right (laughs) and he then kind of begins to say oh maybe we're more alike than I think and then even later when it's like oh she might have powers oh my goodness she actually has magic like we have even more to talk about and that works for me it very rarely does but in this instance, it really, I think, was done very nicely where it was kind of added in in little dribs and drabs. And I do apologize about the very roundabout way in which I came to that. That is one of the quotes, though, that that, that is one of the quotes from the show. The um, She had magic. I thought we were the same. Yes. Like, that is actually one of the actual quotes from the show. Exactly. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, magic is that catalyst on like both their ends. I think suddenly you know Merlin sees her in a deeper way because she has magic and they have that connection but also even though Morgana doesn't know about his magic she does know that he's okay with it and doesn't agree with Uther's laws and I think that's a catalyst on her end yeah we probably should talk about Merlin and Morgana in Fanon we've kind of touched upon this uh already uh kind of with what what kind of couple we think they would be and um I'll be honest with you I don't think I've ever read a fic in which they've even been remotely involved. I read one years ago, which was a Merthyr fic in which Merlin was bi and he dated Morgana once and Arthur was gay and Morgana was still a big part of their lives. And one day Arthur was really curious whether he could be bi too. And he had sex with Morgana and he told Merlin that he cheated on him and he was really mad. And then he told him it was with Morgana and Merlin died laughing. (laughs) And he was just like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. That's absolutely hilarious. So that's my entire exposure to the Morgana in uh, fix. So you guys, I assume, have read some fix, right? Yeah, definitely. And I, I, unfortunately, I read a lot when I first got introduced to the show in 2012. And I don't remember where those are. 
And I do know for a fact that a lot of them were on LJ and I don't think they exist anymore because they've been deleted, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I have read some throughout the years. And I think one of my big things about Marilyn Morgana is I ship them, but I don't ship them like permanently. Like I kind of see them as the pairing that were together and then they broke up and they stayed like they don't like get married have kids and all that like yeah. I know that's not always how shipping goes but I kind of ship them in a way that's like they were together and then they weren't anymore uh but yeah. in like <laughs> but in I, that's very canon compliant then <laughs> well yeah it can be I mean I'm all for whatever if they you know get married have kids I'm sure why not but um <laughs> I think uh, as far as like go I think one of the biggest tropes is uh like the magic reveal like Merlin uh showing Morgana his magic and then they you know he starts teaching her about Mm -hmm. magic I feel like that's in almost like every canon uh fic about Morgana he teaches her about magic and then they slowly fall in love through like magic lessons that was gonna be my question because I feel like I read one Morgana fic when I first was getting into Merlin I was looking for Merlin and Gwen stuff and it was like while season two was airing so it was really early it was on FFnet and it was just like a one shot and they referenced Eldor like in the moment of truth and I think it was a Morgana new fic so is Morgana new all along I guess similarly to how we have Arthur new all along trope but I feel like I would have expected Morgana New All Along trope to be more prominent because Morgana, I think, maybe is characterized as a bit more with it than Arthur. <laughs> so perhaps a is little that bit. like a thing? Like hashtag Morgana New All Along or Well, I don't know if New All Along because I think part of the the drama with Merlin and Morgana is that he tells her in those moments of like the nightmare begins or the beginning of the end like he would tell her in one of those episodes and then it would be a canon divergence from there like he tells right. her and then you know stuff happens but uh while we're on the topic of a magic reveal I definitely want to bring up uh like the magic reveal that happened in the show because uh when Mordred goes to Morgana in season five and tells her who Emrys is and then they cut to her face for like a second heartbreak oh man uh i want to talk about that so bad the heartbreak breaks my heart (laughs) the heartbreak so even if you say romantically or platonically the heartbreak i totally agree with you lulu it's just um i wanted the magic reveal for morgana almost as badly as i wanted it for arthur like if i wanted to a magic reveal to Arthur at 100%. I wanted the magic reveal for Morgana like 99.9%. Like, I was like so ready to see her face when she figured out who Amherst was. And the fact that we only got a second kind of makes me mad. But Broke my heart. I was waiting for that for so long. I wanted that so bad. Broke yeah, it's weird heart. that it was so drawn out. Again, it it was almost too oh, drawn out. There are a few fix about that moment too. There are like very rare few fix about like that moment, but like what processes through her head. Right. All of the times oh, when Merlin was being suspicious, <laughs> it's like, um, 
I kind of see them both as being super emo and both of them being like, no. <laughs> like, rather than being like, yes, they'd be like, no. We're just going to sit well, here and smoke some weed. Maybe they're the um, couple that kind of, like, corrals the idiots. Like, maybe they're raying in Arthur and Gwen. Like, you know, yeah. they're off going to go do something dumb. And, you know, Morgana is very good at telling Arthur when he's being an idiot. Like, there's... <laughs> I think they're the couple that, like, tells people, like, they tell the other couples, you guys are stupid. And in the rare moment that they do something stupid, they're like, we're doing something great. And everyone else is like, what the fuck? You yell at us every time. (laughs) I think I figured out a good relationship trope for them, for for modern. So if Merlin and Arthur are a couple that would get together in secret and they think they're being really subtle, but everyone actually knows TM, then Merlin and Morgana are a couple that also get that together no one actually believe no 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 as in like they also get together in secret but because they're just not as fucking extra people actually don't find out until they choose to tell them and they're that kind of couple you know the they would be like the opposite of a social media couple do you know what i mean like they'd be the kind of couple mm-hmm. that would just kind of literally be private and happy about being private not being private in a way that they're begging attention where you know they kind of sneakily try and post social media like they would just literally be private and happy about being private yeah i could like katie manages to keep yeah, her birthday basically secret they would be like from the yeah, world a couple that like everyone like would be like wait you're like actually dating you're still dating you'd be like we thought we were just like fucking around for a couple of months like oh shit they're like you've been together five years like that's fucking great okay we that's amazing buddy. i love that lulu <laughs> lulu they're like they're like ransom and holster no one knows they're together, but they're actually married. Oh and have been for like That's a decade. Yes. I love that trope where they're like, oh yeah, my wife. And they're like, you're married? Yeah. <laughs> or like, I mean, there's also like Spurk things where like uh, Kirk is referring to Spock as his husband. Is like, wait, when did you get married? <laughs> oh, like five years ago. Like, so they either, like, it takes people a very long time to find out that Mel and Morgana are together, even like some of their friends or colleagues. And then once they do know, it's still very much kind of on the down. Like, they don't always show up at things together. They very much do their thing. They are basically the opposite of Martha, where like Martha, everyone believes they're together, but they're not. It's just how they are. But with Merlin and Morgana, they're together and no one thinks that they are because they just don't act super lovey-dovey all over each other in public because that's not the type of relationship they have. it's more that they'd be like the couple that'd be like, so we're moving in together. And we'd be like, cool, great, they're moving in together. And they like think nothing of it. They're like, they walk into work every day at the same time together. Cool, they meet up together in the morning to walk in together. They're holding hands and having coffee. Cool. And then it's like <laughs> invites to the wedding, and they're like, "Wait a second, <laughs> when did this happen?" You know, I ten years ago when we moved in together. <laughs> I know what I, I. You just totally made me think of a headcanon. I totally love the trope that they're together and they're not necessarily keeping it secret, like you you just explained. But like, you know, or maybe they are keeping it a secret or on the down low at least. And then you know, one day something dramatic happens. Uh, like, you know, Morgana is fallen, fainted or something, and Merlin's, like, super worried about her. And, like, everyone's like, why are you so, like, why is this happening? Like, why are you so worried about her? And then, like, you know, 
like reveal of their relationship. I love that trope. Ooh, or something something similar like or something very small. Uh, like why are you both covered in cat hair? Oh, because we own a cat. Okay, well how does that work that you both own a cat? Uh because we're dating. And then they'd be like, Oh well, okay. <laughs> when do you both have a fucking cat together? <laughs> no, but but just tacking on to what Cal was saying, uh imagine one of them has an emergency and has to go to the hospital and then the other one shows up and is like only immediate family members and Mona is like, well, I'm her husband and everyone is yes. like, wait, what? Oh my god, <laughs> can you imagine a moment later, soul. I can imagine a moment later, Arthur being like, oh right, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I I was her man of honor. I was one of the witnesses. I forgot they got married. They're like they told him to like keep it on the down low, and he kept it so down on the low that he actually forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I can't imagine. Alright, Arthur's like my favorite character, but he's a dumbass. (laughs) Listen, sometimes he's smart. Just not not with people and feelings. I mean, if we're talking about headcanons and stuff, like I kind of feel like Merlin and Morgana, out of all of these couples, are the one couple I can imagine that would just never get married. Or if they did, it would be like fifteen, twenty years down the line because they feel like I they mean they should. they get they get married for tax reasons. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. they get married for convenience. That's why they, well, they get married. Well, they have a kid, and their kid is like, "Why do we have different last names?" And they're like, "Oh, fine, we'll get married." See, my biggest thing is like. Because especially with like LGBT and everything, with in everything, my thing is one reason to get married is because if your partner ends up in the hospital, you want to be able to see them because sometimes emergency contact isn't enough to get you into the room. Yeah, tax exactly. reasons and medical reasons, and like good, that's exactly why they get that's exactly why they get married because Merlin ends up hurting himself so fucking often, and we're kind of like, listen, we're doing this, and we're gonna sign it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You can read it first if you want, and also if if we're gonna go with like Morgana, also heiress to a fortune or something, then she'd want Merlin to be secure in case something permanent happened to her, and she'd want to be like, yeah, I want you to inherit everything, and if you're my husband, then you're automatically my heir. Um, I mean, so we've kind of we've done kind of I guess modern stuff, but so I suppose what would your guys' kind of headcanons be? If we had, so we had obviously like a a servant master kind of relationship that was canon with Arthur and Gwen. But what would you have liked? So, so my question is, it's sort of like an essay style question. <laughs> if Merlin and Morgana had been canon, they would also have been a servant and master style relationship. And uh, in what ways would you have wanted them to do things differently to Arthur and Gwen, or if at all, and why? Because of course they would have been the same dynamic, but we wouldn't have wanted it to be exactly the same. Well, I think okay, the fact as weird that... as this sounds. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go first. <laughs> well, I was I was just going to say that the fact that Merlin's a male servant, I think, like, it would be like, you totally can't just, like, show up at Morgana's chambers all the time because <laughs> she's the, the king's ward and, you know, she's a lady of the court and, like, he can't just, like, show up. So, like, unlike Gwen showing up to Arthur's chambers to do, like, chores, I don't think Merlin would have the same kind of dynamic there. I think, you know, like they're very intense, but I honestly think in comparison to Arthur and Gwen, I think they would have been so under dramatic about it. Yes. As a couple. Like, I think it would have been because, like, with Arthur and Gwen, it's like back and forth and you're, you get frustrated with it. 
Merlin and Morgana, I think it'd be like, yep, you get what you want, and it's right there, and, like, they're good. Yeah, they would kind of be sad about it, but they'd internalize it. They wouldn't, like, make it everyone else's problem, you know, <laughs> which is kind of what Arthur and Gwen do. <laughs> they're just, like, yeah. and by everyone's exactly. mine, it's my problem to deal with. <laughs> I think they'd no, actually, it's Merlin's problem. Yeah, they were. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but I, I would just like to push back a little bit on Cal's comment because let me be very clear: there is no logical reason for Gwen to ever be in Arthur's chambers, <laughs> even near Arthur's chambers, because she's not his servant. And we are, of course, <laughs> under the impression that there are any social rules in BBC's Merlin, and that Morgana is not mysteriously the only woman at court, and that there are also no other male courtiers. It's just her, and there are no other people. Occasionally there are people at banquets and feasts, but only when there are visiting nobles. It's like they bring the guests with them. Camelot is a big lie. It's no one but the Pentragons. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. That's hilarious. You're right. It's true, though. (laughs) It's true, though. We've talked about this. I forget in which episode we talked about this, but Morgana has no other friends. Like, Morgana's only friends are Arthur, Gwen, and Merlin. That's... (laughs) <laughs> and and after like your I mean like after your parents die and you move away and then like any potential friends you make suddenly they get killed I think eventually you just learn to be like there's only one person I can actually talk to because she's paid to <laughs> yeah but like Morgana is a noble woman she has like like Rock said how are there no other courtiers at Camelot ever except when there is a big banquet happening for foreign dignitary visiting like it's just ridiculous that Morgana even if she's not friend like proper friends with anyone else she would at least have to socialize with other people of her rank like or just below her rank it's just ridiculous because they're all scared of Uther he doesn't want any other (laughs) women there I lost one Fuck all the rest. <laughs> he just hey, I mean, the, the reality is they just couldn't afford more He's extras. He's like, you know what? Yeah. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I lost my woman. All the other men here will lose their fucking women, and we're just gonna be a group of men. Yeah, dude. We're men. <laughs> oh my god. You, yeah, that I is probably exactly what happened. But also, like, because I mean, he kicked Nimway out. Like, you can probably imagine that maybe a lot of the women were actually like witches. Yeah, and maybe. so that could have been why. Yeah, I suppose because we've kind of discussed on the sh- uh, on the podcast, like with various ships, whether they're canon or not, kind of what we think their dynamic might be in a like in a coffee shop. Like, if you, <laughs> this is very difficult. <laughs> and like, so we talked about how, like, in canon, whether we thought that Arthur and Gwen ever kind of did it and did it yeah, like and like if we like or if that was ever kind of explicitly uh put into the audience's mind or if that i mean obviously when they're married yes but like before that um and in inter- like, and like we've kind of obviously discussed you know merlin and arthur have a very kind of like banterish like dude dynamic for a while and like arthur and gwen are like kind of very tender with one another and like i guess so what what do you guys you know think ha- happens either in canon or i guess in fan and like modern like 
like what what sort of couple are Melanie and Morgana like is that kind of side of their relationship important to them do you think or are they kind of uh all right like yeah like once a week I can I I can see them as a sort of couple who think that foreplay is over really yeah you just yeah. you've just watched <laughs> holiday too much <laughs> that is entirely possible <laughs> no I I have to disagree on that I well, think Merlin, okay, first of all, Merlin, Merlin's the bicycle of the fandom. Everybody wants a ride. Okay. As Morgana said, <laughs> he's a lover. <laughs> oh, he's a lover. And I think he would treat his woman correctly. I think he would, like, I think. Are you saying he'd you know, come correct? Yeah. No. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Rob's got to make a sexual innuendo without using coffee <laughs> metaphors. Oh, oh. All I'm going to say is I think Merlin knows how to treat a lady right. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but I guess, like, in terms of, do you think that it's something that you reckon is important to their relationship? Do you think it's something that they can kind of live without? Like, Or do you think they maybe get, like, too busy for it? Because they seem to be, like, the kind of couple that would have their own kind of careers going on. Do you know what I mean? And they just, like, she'd be, like, a journalist and he'd be, um, uh... Oh, Arthur's PA. Arthur's PA. <laughs> And like they always. would just kind of like either would get too busy for it or, or yeah, like I said, they'd be like, okay, so I have to be up at three in the morning for this interview. We've got three minutes. Uh, can we make it happen? Yep, we can make it happen. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So. They're very businesslike. Yeah, yeah, they're businesslike. Like, uh, like, I don't know if they do it because that's how they want to do it or if they, or if they do it because it's necessary. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I you think they're just very, very intense. Like it might just be, be protecting what I want from them. But I think that they'd be very intense and, like, drawn out. Like, I think it'd be, like, something that would, like, happen, pass through, like, throughout the day. Like, you'd get, like, a message or something. Or, like, they would just, like, bring it up casually in conversation right. to each other. Like, I think it'd be something that, like, they built up. That they would, like, build up throughout the day or throughout, like, a week. And then, like, have this, like, real big intensive thing. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think it comes out of necessity, like... Yeah, if they're both really busy, as I think they would be in modern AUs, they would be like, okay, uh, when are you free? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> like, but also, I think when they had the time, I think they would go all out. And mm -hmm. I'm, and maybe that's just me. Who knows? I don't think it's necessarily important. Like, it's the only aspect of the relationship, depending on how you ship them. Like, if you do just ship them as, you know, you know, fuck buddies, like, then in that case, that's all there is. And that's fine, too. But, you know, I think they're, you know, when they're busy, they make a time for it. And then when they have time, they go all out. Mm -hmm. I can absolutely they're the kind of couple that. of schedule. <laughs> or have to yeah or have to schedule i mean they definitely do schedule date night i would say that yeah they have a scheduled date night like once a week just to make sure that they spend time together yeah because they are both so busy yeah i could see that i could see that because like for example um in comparison to a ship like martha like i could definitely see 
them being the kind of couple and again like maybe it's because they're two dudes and i don't know about you guys but i've got a lot of friends that are dudes and let me tell you even then like even when they're getting it on the regular it's not fucking enough <laughs> they're just like i need it all the time so i reckon that it would be the kind of thing that would actually be very important for their relationship and you know they would um it would really kind of um affect their mood and like the way that they are with each other if they were getting too busy to have it regularly and i always wonder because of course to me Merlin and Morgana always almost feel like a different kind of Mirtha because Morgana to me feels like that's why I like her and Arthur like the idea of them together is because they're so similar to me that I kind of like that it's they're fiery but they've got the bickering because they're so similar and so to me Morgana is like a less mean version of Arthur and so when paired with Merlin I'm always like how how would they be different to Mirtha and so I guess I just answered my own question in a way that she's more toned down. Like she's not quite as like just demanding, <laughs> like <Extra>. annoying. <laughs> well, I have here in my notes, uh, the only headcanon that matters is which one's the big and little spoon. So let's discuss that. <laughs> oh, do they even spoon at all? You take turns True. or face to face. And then if one of them has a really bad day, then they get to be the little spoon. Well, I was going to say if Morgana sleeps with her hair spread out like that all the time, there might be a there might be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Morgana's beauty queen even in sleep, her hair is perfectly fanned out over the pillow. Well, so clearly the she can't the little to get spoon. some pillow space. <laughs> <laughs> no, they sleep in separate beds for that exact reason. <laughs> because Morgana has to be a queen even in bed. When she sleeps. A couple after my own heart. They, they're they doing it the right way. Just separate rooms, separate bathrooms. <laughs> but, I mean, does anyone else have any kind of head cannons or uh, thick related Magana things or anything that relates to them at all that they haven't yet want, like covered and gushed about? Uh, not really. I do want to mention for a second just like Dark Merlin because I know that's not something I read but I've I know it's a thing on AO3 and LJ and all that. So uh, I, I think love that shit. Okay, you talk about it then. Okay. Well, um, I okay. Season five, Merlin. We're calling beefs up. I absolutely love it, and like Dark Merlin plus that sounds amazing. But also, I don't really like the concept of evil Merlin. I think Merlin isn't exactly on the evil alignment chart, if we were to use that. But um, I think that happens a lot in fan fiction, where they write Merlin as turning dark for, like, to go with Morgana on that kind of, like, following her to the dark side, if you will. And I can get behind that. I don't necessarily read it, but I can see where it comes from. It comes with the, like, the BAMP powerful Merlin stuff. And, you know, why not? But I don't really read it. So you should talk about it, Lulu. Oh, no, I'm not no. into that. I'm not into, like, him going dark and then joining Morgana. I'm more into, like, after, like, you know, at the very end, you know, after Diamond of the Day, like, you know, he goes centuries and, you know, without Arthur. And he just gets really dark and fucked up. And, like, everything that, like, Morgana became, everything he tried to stop her from becoming, he becomes himself. It's like the self-destructive force. That's mm. the sh- that's my shit. That's the type of dark shit I look into. That's some angst. I like that. 
I was more thinking about like some people write AUs uh, like where in season three, Merlin goes dark and like then they get together after that. And that's a thing that like I feel like it's part of the fandom and needs to be mentioned, even though I don't particularly like it. But mm, why not? <laughs> there is one fic, because um, I have like, I think like four or five fics that I'd sent to Momo to wreck for this. And there is one fic where I think we start season four, or maybe season, I think we start season four instead of season five. But it might be season five. I can't even remember. But um, one of the kings of another kingdom said that they'd caught Morgana and put her trapped her in her dress in um Methusa in a well for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarum. And yeah. there that's season five. Yeah. yeah. There was a thick where someone captured Merlin and put him down there too. Mm. And like they you know to deal with each other, you know, she found out about his magic, they talked stuff through and then like they both escaped in the end and that was it. I think I'm pretty sure it like just ended there, like where they escaped and like they weren't sure what they were gonna do next. And like that—that's kind of something I'm interested in. Yeah, I think a lot of the Morgana shipping, like part of it, is like season one, season two, kind of light servant master kind of relationship. And then like once you get past season three, if you're in the fandom and still ship them after that, it kind of goes to super angst. And like I'm all for that. Um, like he's kind of regretting what's happened, and she's she doesn't like him. <laughs> She like hates him a bit and like season four and five get into the really dark angsty stuff but i'm also more into like modern fic in comparison to like canon fic so like a lot of the stuff that i read is like modern based but then a lot of it is also like them being reincarnated in like the 21st century and seeing each other and so like yeah so i can't really say too much about like canon based fics i feel like i don't have as many of those well um speaking of fix uh i know we have stats so i guess momo is very excited to get to them. yes stats i have some so i took them today as we are recording this which is the 18th of july because i forgot to take them earlier and then i remembered just in time so these are actually fresh at least as of recording this, not when you guys are listening to this, which will be four weeks later. But the tag for this ship is Merlin slash Morgana, parenthesis Merlin. If you go into the Merlin slash Morgan Le Fay tag, you will also get a couple of works which aren't actually BBC Merlin, unless people tagged incorrectly and they still might be BBC Merlin. But as always, Merlin slash Morgan Le Fay is the meta tag, which means it's the parent tag. And Merlin slash Morgana, parenthesis Merlin, is the fandom-specific tag for BBC's Merlin. And there are a little over a thousand works currently tagged with that pairing. And I have these, our, you know, top five categories and all of that. And as per usual... I tried to pick only the fakes that look like they are endgame Morgana or at least have a decent uh, size Morgana representation in the story. But if I got any of them wrong and they aren't actually endgame Morgana, I am deeply sorry I didn't read any of them. I'm only going by what people tagged. 
And as we know, tagging is an issue. Alright, so top five by kudos. Top, the first one is, were you looking for a lost magical kingdom in that wardrobe? Which sounds like a Narnia kind of thing. I probably should have at least read the summary, I'm sorry. It's by Netville Y2K. It has 760 kudos, which is a lot, I think. I mean, at least for, you know, obviously not compared to a Merthyr fanfic, but just for a, for what is, I mean, it's not a rare pair with over a thousand works, but a rarer pair in the Merlin fandom, you know? Then we have Emrys the Dragon by Axi Dragon. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Which has only 547 kudos, so already a lot less than this Narnia sounding one. Then in third place there's The Nightmare's End by uh, Yuridice72 with 519 kudos. In place four there's Child of Old, Soldier of New by Fyra Bloom which is a Harry Potter crossover that is currently unfinished, but it has 452 kudos. And finally, a title which is definitely very funny sounding. I should probably read this one. It's called The Complete Gaydar Malfunction. And the author is called Cheese. Yes, like actual cheese. And it has 391 kudos. And the top five by comments. The first one is one that I believe Marky mentioned in our crossover episode. It's The Rising of Merlin. The author is T. Cullen, and it's a Harry Potter crossover. And it has 194 comments. And the second one is Them Gods Gonna Hurt You, Son, by Skelebut, who is definitely a popular name in Phenom. I didn't know they'd written Morgana stuff as well. And this fic has 192 comments. Then we have Bound by Fate by Araminia16 with 134 comments. Then the Harry Potter crossover I mentioned before, Child of Old, Soldier of New, comes back for place 4 with 82 comments. And finally in place 5 there is A Change of Destiny by a username I find very amusing. It's Rigglesworth59 with 78 comments. Who wants to take a guess at how old the oldest Morgana fic on the archive is? I think it's 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would guess... God, I was just on there. Uh, 2010? Okay. Rox, you've looked at yesterday. the script, I'm assuming. Did I have, but I don't yesterday? necessarily remember. Although... I definitely know that there are fics that predate that in general. I don't know about the archive, though. Okay. So on the archive, the oldest fic is called Lick Your Cigarette, Then Kiss Me by Wake to Sleep. And it was posted on the archive. Maybe it was backdated. I don't know. But the publishing date is 15th of November, 2009. So very early on. Season 2 early. On the archive. And the newest one on the archive was posted just two days ago on the 16th of July by Cassie Lover, and it's called Unexpected Date. Okay, 
The longest fig is one I've mentioned before. It is Bound by Fate by Aramenia 16. And I think that one is Morgana and Arwen. And probably canon. I would have to check. And it is 293,912 words long. It's also rated explicit. And it's the second part in a series. The first part is only 4,500 words long, but it's also Merlin Morgana. So that's something you can go read. And the shortest one... Does anyone want to take a guess how short it is? How many words? Zero, and it's actually fan art. Well, no, not... Like, not fan art. Like, really short is fake. A hundred words Twelve. is just a drabble. A <laughs> hundred words is a drabble. That is longer than this fig. Twelve is less than this fig has. They're not trying Rox, hard enough. What is they your can't guess? make a good fig in twelve words. <laughs> I'm in the script, Rox, so I can guess? see it. Oh, okay. Okay. It is actually thirty words, and it's called Pale Sinew by Sabriel75. And I read it because it's very short, and I can tell you that it is a, it's a voyeurism a two-liner about Arthur watching Merlin and Morgana together, and he's wondering which one of them he envies more. <laughs> Ooh, very on brand, very on I brand. I like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that has been it for stats. Back to books. <laughs> Um, so before we get into Rex, let's have some favorites. Uh, I don't know if you guys have prepared anything, but, uh, let's just do it on the fly if we haven't. So, uh, what's your favorite episode? Uh, this is relating obviously to the ship Merlin and Morgana. Um, I have to say my favorite episode for Morgana is probably the beginning of the end just because it's kind of like the first moment that they all it's definitely not my favorite episode as in total because it's actually one of my least favorite episodes if we're talking about all of Berlin but I think it has potential and there's that moment where Morgana Merlin and Arthur are kind of a team like getting innocent sorcerers out of like the dungeons under Uther's nose is just something I would have gone for. And there's those moments between Merlin and Morgana, which we talked about earlier, that there's a catalyst in that episode where he sees her differently and she sees him differently. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I was just thinking about this and this is my, these are my exact feelings. I, it's my favorite episode for them, even though overall it's, probably one of my least favorite Merlin episodes but it's definitely a favorite for Merlin and Morgana and their relationship however you want to see it yeah for me I don't feel like there were enough episodes focused on them for me to be able to be like oh this one was like the one for me like I just feel unsatisfied to the point where I just can't be like oh yeah there's like this one episode yeah that is absolutely fair I think there are plenty. It's just they're not the positive ones. So even after season three, like I would count something like the Crystal Cave as a very Morgana heavy episode. I'd count something even like a Servant of Two Masters, like has a lot of Morgana stuff in it. Like there's the whole like dungeon <laughs> thing going on. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like and we're gonna talk like... about my favorite scene. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah, around. well, I mean. 
uh, my favorite episode for them is the nightmare begins um again like that's kind of not a very that's like quite a low bar just in general because they're not my otp or anything but i definitely feel like i get it in that episode like i like the whole like my lady thing um but that might be my gwen slot feelings talking so who knows (laughs) but yeah that one i like the most for their episodes and um well favorite scene is coming up but favorite quote uh relating to melon and morgana what are your guys's thoughts i think i already mentioned it earlier the um there are people better placed to yeah um you know to help her but also there's two quotes that they weren't even about each other but it was later on there was one episode where merlin and Gaius are talking and Gaius said what happened to that little boy who uh came into my chambers or whatever and he said I grew up and then there was another episode where I think it was Arthur talking to Morgana and he said what happened to you or maybe it was even Merlin and he's and Morgana says I grew up and I just haven't watched the show recently enough to remember what episodes they are sorry but those two like I see that in like fan videos a lot where people compare those two scenes yeah and yeah they are very very comparable (laughs) so I think that yeah yeah, I had trouble finding a quote I really liked that kind of encompassed all the feelings I had about Marilyn and Morgana. And I think comparing those two I grew up quotes are is really a good comparison. Also the any kind of quote where the where Morgana says like he's my friend and like she and he says she's my friend and like I trust her and then like obviously that all goes wrong. But I, I'm going to, I guess if I have to pick a favorite quote, I'm going to go with the last line just because that's dramatic and I live for that nonsense. <laughs> and I'm just going to go with, I blame myself for what you've become. Goodbye, Morgana. Like, <laughs> I'm sticking with uh, it. If I had <laughs> to pick one. Her. Like, come on. <laughs> like, that's sad. Yeah, that is, that is, that is very, very f- fittingly tragic for them. Um, if I had to pick one, and there aren't really, like, they don't have a lot of quotes, like, for a ship, they really don't have a lot of quotes, but I probably would have to pick the one that we already mentioned, which is, I thought, because we had magic, I thought we were the same. So, that's the one I'm going to pick. Favorite scene, then? One of you guys was eager to talk about something. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted, Servant of Two Masters is definitely my favorite episode, like, 100%, and... I'm I like I said before I'm not into the whole hate sex thing but come on <laughs> that scene where he's he's chained up and wet in her hovel is just the best and I stick by it <laughs> I can definitely I like how a lot of people took that moment and I like how like some of the fix is a lot of people took that moment and they're like you know what we're gonna do now BDSMAU and I was like that's that's also my shit like dark shit bdsm there you go that's me you got me interested in a pick i can i like out of all of the kind of canon relationships sorry like out of all the relationships in merlin like i can definitely see merlin and morgana going down that route i can also see merlin and arthur going down that route which is i think probably where i'm also being like morgana and arthur are very similar <laughs> in that respect so i'm like they would probably look at merlin and be like yeah chain that boy to a wall <laughs> like that's pretty much the only thing they want to do. <laughs> throw a bucket of water on that boy um that happens yeah uh who's next <laughs> <laughs> no, because we, already they talk, we already talked about it that moment where like 
we're gonna find out and that the heartbreak in her eyes that's it that's my yeah. favorite that's my favorite moment just her being like realizing everything yeah. and um, just basically the last like the last straw being broken that's my favorite moment <laughs> all of her will being gone I I also came up with one very spontaneously, yeah. and it's not one I stole from anyone Ooh. else. <laughs> it's from um, Moment of Truth mm-hmm. when they're in when they're sleeping, and then um, Grana's like, "What do you think Arthur came?" And Morgana's like, "The reason any of us came because of Marlin." I'm just like, "Oh, Morgana, <laughs> very sweet." He really loved that boy, <laughs> in some capacity. In some capacity. Um, mine probably would be uh, the scene from the beginning of the end. Where, uh, no, sorry, the nightmare begins. I, there's just too many like of the same words in both those episodes. It pisses me off. <laughs> and I haven't mixed them up once in this episode so far, and I knew it was going to happen towards the end. The nightmare begins uh, where she runs into Gaius' uh, chambers like in her nightgown and she's frantic and she's upset and it's just that entire scene where she's so vulnerable and he is also vulnerable but also he's holding all the cards and just her saying, please, I just need to hear someone say it so I don't have to keep feeling like I'm imagining it and it's a really, really tense scene and um, yeah, I feel like it's just one of Katie's best and I love the way that Colin plays against her. Oh, I think it's yeah, that's one of my favorites for them. For Wait, sure. never mind, I changed mine to that one just because <laughs> she looks so good. Yeah. And that nightgown is beautiful. That that's it the is. only reason. It is. Um and then do you have a favorite fan work? I don't, so I'm gonna leave it to you guys. I mean uh, I No, you go first. Sorry, we keep doing this. Uh I'm actually going to wreck, or not wreck, but like my, I think my fave fan work is actually a fan vid by Terry Lynn 88 on YouTube. It's called Paralyzed. Mm-hmm. This is really good. Uh, I think it's just, she puts together, uh, they put together like very moving music and dubbed together with kind of quotes from the show. And it, it kind of encapsulates everything for me. I was nearly going to wreck that one, but I already had too many. So I think I've watched that one. I think I watched it earlier, in fact. So, yeah, I, I agree. That is a very, very good one. Mm-hmm. Okay, actually, I like um, two videos from Anne Sashi on YouTube. And there's uh, one called I Love That I Lost You, and there's another one called How Did We Get Here? Basically any of her Merlin and Morgana stuff. But, yeah, anyways. Those two were like get me every fucking time. There you go. I was oh. actually I can't I can't for the life of me find this picture, but there's like a couple of years ago I found this one edit and it was split right down the middle. One side of it was black and the other one was white, and split again yeah, split down the middle. But on top was Merlin's head and he was coming from the black side looking into the white side. I think and then it was. Morgana was under him and she was uh white looking into the blacks or something like that they were like you know both looking to the respective dark and light side that sounds awesome and that was my favorite thing that was like my screensaver for like two years and I can't find it anymore oh no well hopefully we'll find it at some point (laughs) 
Um, so that leads us nicely into Rex. Um, I'm just going to quickly do mine because I've just got vids and, and like, I'll be able to like breeze through these. Cause obviously, you know, there's not a lot you can describe when it comes to <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, one's already been mentioned and it's loved and lost to you by Anne Soshi. Um, I also love that one. Uh, there's something about the way that she edits that she lets herself kind of linger on certain moments. And I really appreciate that because a lot of the time with fan edits, you kind of feel like you need to chop and change things very much. And I always appreciate it when a bit of, even though I've watched a million things with a certain ship and all the quotes are the same, but I watch a video and it makes me look at things differently. And that kind of is just like really, really talented person who picks the right imagery and the right lyrics and the right words. And I really appreciate that. Um, then I have one to the song uh, Clarity. You know, we all know it and it actually works really well for these guys um, by Foxy Amanda 11. And it's just just follows the lyrics. It's really good. Um, the lyrics work really well. Uh, I think it's something like uh, if our love is uh, tragedy, why uh, why are you my clarity? I can't remember the rest of them, to be honest with you. They all sound the same to me but um yeah that kind of really works well for them as well then i've got some older ones from the days that i remember them actually being published and i knew these people personally and i worked with them on collab for quite a few years and two of them are by i like you 31 and she did a lot of merlin and morgana back in the day so if you want to go and check that out go for it but two of the ones i'm going to wreck are I can't escape from you, which is the uh, the song used as love locked down. And she does some really cool things with the rhythm and um, the editing. And she kind of uses actual screenshots rather than moving images to kind of get that bumpy effect that the music gives. It's really, really good. And then the other one is Watch Me Burn, which is based on... Um, uh, da, 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 da. the song is uh, Love the Way You Lie and this was the first time I'd ever actually heard the song I think it was right like she made it re when the song came out so it wasn't like a weird like throwback uh, and again she does some really cool stuff with the editing and the coloring is gorgeous and um, she she's just one of my all-time favorite vidders she really is incredible she hasn't been vidding now for many years but her videos are still on YouTube so you can still enjoy them and then Alora videos who are big Morgana vidder back in the day and Merlin Morgana shipper made a really great vid to here we go again, which the song is actually uh, Bang Bang. And I can't remember what the artist is, but it's, it's what I mentioned earlier, that kind of like weird, like, I don't even know what the genre is, but it's like a weird rock punk angry song. <laughs> it's like angry song, uh, but it's really, really good. And again, really lovely coloring. The effects are really great on it. And this is definitely an angsty, angry one for the season three onwards and yeah those are my wrecks awesome thank you what about you guys what what wrecks do you have um i guess i'll go uh i'm actually i think i'm going to start off a bit different um because i think a lot of my morgana shipping started with uh gift sets and like au's on tumblr i'm going to wreck Kessie Lover, who does like a ton of Morgana edits on Tumblr that I think everybody should go check out. Uh, there's this really good Morgana edit where Merlin and Morgana are in a secret relationship and Morgana wants to tell Arthur. You should all check it out. Uh, and then 
I have a list of fan fictions. I'll just go through them fairly quickly. I have A Lonelier Version of You by Hello Earthlings, who is a great author. She does a lot of Mercer, too. Uh, definitely recommend that. It's a modern AU set in, like, prison, where underage sorcerers are uh, put, put into prison and their magic is sapped out. It's very angsty. Definitely recommend that one. And then to move on to a more fluffier one, I have The Snow Must, Must Go On by Polo Monkey, also a great um, writer. The modern AU with the classic trope of they've been snowed in and they have to share a bed for warmth. Very cute. Um, then I have Homecoming by Ivalitas Rice Cake. I think that's how that's pronounced. It's basically a reincarnation historical AU. A little bit of just PWP, because why not? It's it's Elviatas. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. No problem. Elf, Elf is a friend. <laughs> so. I figured. I'm just, I can't, pre- I'm, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where I've read their fix a ton, and I just don't, I've yeah. never said it out loud. Never. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and you already mentioned this before with the the stats. Uh, uh, you were you looking for a magical kingdom in that role wardrobe? Uh, it's a canon fic where Merlin gives Morgana lessons. Pretty typical uh, canon AU. Uh, and Arthur finds them in a wardrobe, and they're not doing anything in the wardrobe, but Arthur thinks they are basically. Right. And then I have The Nightmare's End by Eurydice seventy two. Uh, it's just a short canopic, pretty cute. Uh, and then 13 Kisses Before the End by Kep Oxy, I think. And so it's just 13 little short drabbles about what happens before Morgana leaves Camelot. And then September 10th, 1943 by Jungle Ride, the World War II AU. I like historical AU. <laughs> uh, and then my last one is Surprise by AJ's Random. Uh, and it's a modern AU. And that's my list. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hulu, you want to share yours? Yeah. So I actually had like eight, but I narrowed it down to five. <laughs> but, um, okay. So the first one is The Curious Case of Merlin and Morgana by Cassie Lover. And it's, um, basically, it's the very end of the series. The war is over. Morgana is dead. Arthur is dead. And then Merlin and Morgana wake up in bed in Camelot and uh, the married and Gwen and Arthur not yeah are married and they're king and queen and uh, things are happy and peaceful between them except they literally just woke up like after everything and uh, you know they got to figure out what's going on and um, I think Morgana's pregnant too so <laughs> yeah so that's fun um, next one is Out of Darkness by Mild Emma Soge, I think, where um, it's one I talked about before, where they're both thrown into the well, and all the ashes in my wake, where it's um, it's a reincarnation one, and uh, basically they kept finding each other over and over again, and then there's this one time where he hasn't seen her for centuries, and it turns out that she'd been reincarnated three more times and he never came to look for her and she's pissed <gasps> oh no and then there's no more games by Yuri Dice 72 
where it's um it's a canon one and Morgana has been at the feast flirting with other men to try to get Merlin's attention and he doesn't like it. And also within it he taught her magic and stuff too, so there's like a dynamic about that. And then there's uh the last one is called Strange Addictions and it's just this tiny little fic, like about them in modern day life. It's just like a modern AU, it's not like any of this past stuff. It's just them living together, getting up in the morning. And he's got to go to work, but she doesn't want him to, because she just wants, you know, to be together. And that's it. Oh. That sounds lovely. Yeah. I admit I have I have no rights, but you guys have more than made up for it. Well, that, I think, is the end of the episode. Um, we really want to thank our lovely, lovely guests for coming on and talking to us about Morgana because we probably wouldn't have had such a fun discussion otherwise. So thank you so much for being here. It always helps us out. <laughs> thank you very much. Yes, it really, really does. So thank you for coming on. So our theme music was composed by Sidesteppings exclusively for Merlison. All other music heard in this podcast is from freesound.org. The mana for our cover art was made by Brolin's Keep, and the cover was made by me. I am Momotastic27 on Tumblr for all kinds of stuff, and Momotastic on AO3 for fanfiction, although not Merlin and Morgana fanfiction, I'm afraid. And I miss Snow Fox. Particularly, I'm going to pimp my Instagram because, like I said in... Uh, the last Melissa episode, I am going to PF on first thing tomorrow, and I'll have been Insta-storying the whole uh, trip, and it will be saved as a highlight. So if you guys want to go and check out what we got up to, then just go ahead and follow my Instagram. Guys, remind us where we can find you if you want people to follow you on social media. Uh, I've been Super Calvin, and I'm on Tumblr and AO3 as Super Calvin. Uh, I'm Taylor and Voldemort on Tumblr and AO3, but I haven't posted in a while. So, and I have a Merlin Discord that's dead, but if you go on there, you can uh, peer pressure me into finally writing uh, Keeping Up with the Pendragons AU. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. We'll definitely post the invite link <laughs> so people can peer pressure you into writing that. I will, I will, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, next time we are going to do another episode review. It will be time for Beauty and the Beast Part 1. <laughs> so y'all have that one to look forward to. And until then, I'm Momotastic. And I'm Miss Snowfox. And our guests were Lulu. Hi. <laughs> bye. And bye. <laughs> and Super Calvin. Bye. Bye, bye guys.